interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. What is happening? This is Brad Ward, the host of All Eyes on Cleveland. And this is your Browns versus Baltimore Ravens game day preview edition. This is a joint collaboration between All Eyes on Cleveland and the OBR Film Room Breakdown like we always do on Saturday night. And without any further ado, here is the great Jake Burns. Welcome to now what is week 12 of our crossover OBR Film Breakdown podcast, All Eyes on Cleveland podcast with Brad Ward and Jake Burns. Brad, how are you, my friend? I'm excellent, Jake. Uh, Excited, excited for this game. This should be fun. I can't believe we are four months into the football season already. It's pretty bananas, right? Time is flying. It is. It's It's It goes so fast. I mean, we're sitting here watching Ohio State Michigan today. And I'm sure most of you didn't enjoy that. Select few of you might have enjoyed it. I don't know how many Michigan followers I have on my end, Brad, but could be some. Some of you enjoyed it. Long time coming. I had to tell my Ohio State people, man, not gonna. It was never gonna always be this way, you know. Yeah. So you want to win with grace, maybe lose with grace a little bit there. So, um, sure. yeah. But you're watching these college football rivalry games, and that reminds you the college football is winding down, and 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 December is a reminder of bowl season and all of that, and the wind down of the NFL and we're all of a sudden 12 weeks in, and the Browns still without a bye, which is amazing. Um, I thought it was interesting was that Paul D. Podesta said in a recent building the Browns, Brad, that it's almost like when your buys this late in the season, it's like we don't even want it. You don't even want it at that point because it's so late in the year. So I, I've I hated when I looked at the schedule and saw how late the bye week was. Um, as we kind of look at this game and talk about how frustrating the Browns have been so far you got to really consider that this bye week was so poorly timed this year you know it really was except for this quirk in the schedule right like except for the fact that you get Baltimore by Baltimore if it wasn't squeezed between your two Baltimore games then I would say it's really a shame but I mean if you think about it Jake uh, you know You go to Baltimore, you get the bye, they go to Pittsburgh, and then you play them at home on the, you know, two weeks from now. Really, it would be quite an indictment on your coaching staff if they couldn't find a way to win that second one. It would be tough to lose two straight of these. It would be be a really, really uncomfortable situation where I, I know we've talked about how the nitpicking has happened across people who a cover the Browns B who follow the Browns. And I'm not trying to get them ahead of myself here because they could obviously win both of these games. But I think we have to keep the perspective that are, there are six weeks still left in the NFL season, Brad. And as tough yes. as the arguments have been centered around Baker Mayfield, the coaching staff, whatever, there's still six weeks of more hostility that could come if things don't go their way. So um, I'm not a fan of the phrase. It could be worse because it could always be worse, right? Like, it yeah. genuinely could. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. A lot a lot to play for starting with this weekend. 
Um, the buy does help. I do agree. The quirk is the reason why you like it. I hate a late buy no matter what in the NFL because injuries are just so brutal and you need yes. to refresh. You know, playing football from August to essentially the end of November is an, is just a brutal thing, man, to have no break. I mean, the only thing you got in there was the mini bye week. So other than that, they have had nonstop football and taking a break that late, you hope doesn't break up a rhythm that they start to form maybe. Um, who knows? A lot of conjecture here, but um, we'll dig into this one. So the Browns, I don't know where you look. It's three and a half in most places, Brad. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens are favored, um, laying three and a half. The number I've seen is 46 um, yeah. for the over-under. Uh, Baltimore obviously comes into this game seven and three off of a really, really crazy win over Chicago last week with Tyler Huntley as their quarterback. Yeah. Um, pretty amazing. And it, it adds to it. I talked to a Ravens guest this week about just the, uh, you know, I guess you could call it the luck of the situations that they've been in, but also some resiliency. It's a mixture of resiliency and luck, right? Luck slash clutch, right? This clutch factor they have. They've just found ways to win games uh, against, really, I mean, sometimes not very good football teams. Mm -hmm. I mean, their season could very easily have gone a different direction, but they've just found ways to win these games, Uh, you know, especially the Detroit and and the now the Bears one really stick out as uh, they just really eked those out uh, in the face of defeat. There's really a a, um, play up and play down theory with Baltimore. And I think the NFL in whole has been a lot of teams playing down Right. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. Baltimore certainly played up to everybody they've had on the schedule. I think they've only really been thumped by the the, the Bengals, if I remember, if my memory is correct. That, that's right. um, and then they played down to a bunch of teams, Lions, Dolphins, so on and so forth. So we don't know what v- version of Baltimore you're going to get either. It's going to be a mystery. There are some important pieces that are hovering in the balance. You know, Calais Campbell's been dealing with a concussion issue. They are dealing with some beat up corners and Tavon Young and and Anthony Averett. They, there's a whole bunch of mystery going into this game about who will play on that side i know the brown side it's largely donovan people's jones who is the guy worth focusing in on it does appear that they're going to get back both um you know jack conklin and and um kareem hunt which helps it obviously helps uh more than anything (laughs) you know this is is kind of the healthiest they've been outside of baker's situation the healthiest they've been um for a good amount of time so does does the health of the the team sway you any or do you think there's still massive concern about where the offense is going because these two pieces are back on offense obviously and it does i should i'd be remiss if i didn't mention too brad that troy hill um who is obviously with the next scare is it seems like he's going to be on track to back. play too yeah so. um you know it, it makes me feel better obviously you know kareem hunt brings a spark i think to your offense a little bit and uh Obviously, Jack Conklin, you want to have a fully healthy offensive line. So it's obviously a very good thing. My major concern is in the pass game, though. So if Kareem can help you in the pass game, then then sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, which I think he can in, in certain times. So um, I think that's a positive. You know, it, there's the injury stuff on the Baltimore side is weird, right? So Clayce Campbell, we aren't going to know, but... It's weird. He's he's in concussion protocol, but Harbaugh said he's encouraged. I don't really get that. He hasn't practiced all week. Uh, Darius Washington goes on the IR, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have to bring up this Kayvon Seymour guy they signed. Malik Harrison is coming back from a gunshot wound. Uh, he's activated off the IR. 
during their bye, bye week, he got shot in the calf, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah Mack is being elevated from their practice squad uh, to make his debut as a Raven. So a lot going on on the injury front. Both sides have been beat up all year, but I, I don't, you know, even as much as the the Browns have been beat up, I don't think anybody's more beat up than the Ravens have been since day one, right? Can't say so. I think Cleveland's beat up has been intermittent in terms of guys missing courses of the season, but with Baltimore, it seems like there are guys missing the whole year, you know, yes. large portions of the season. Um, for for huge Ronnie Stanley, you know, guys who are wildly important, Marcus Peters, we all know about J.K. Dobbins and and. Uh, Gus Edwards and several important pieces of that offense because that's you know they're dealing with old running backs they're you know playing guys that are well past their prime it's yeah it's a tough group uh, for them and uh, Lamar's overcoming it and doing the best he can but the tackles are bad so they're seven and three but the the, the vibe I get from Baltimore is they see that it's not a real team they could win the division they could make the playoffs but as far as having uh, you know, Super Bowl aspirations, it, it gets a little challenging for what they believe they can ultimately become. I should have mentioned earlier some prop bets in the weather, too. Weather's going to be yeah. in the uh, mid to mid to high 40s. It's going to reach the high 50s in the middle of the day when the sun's at its peak, but it'll dip into the high to mid 40s by game time. 820, reminder, this is a Sunday night football game. It is, uh, you know, the usual cast and crew of Al and, and uh, Chris Collinsworth and all that fun stuff. Some, some prop bets that we... Drew here that I think are pretty good. Nick Chubb over 80 and a half r- rushing yards. I think if the Browns are going to win this game, if you have the belief they're going to win it, we all have watched the quarterback play lately. You got to believe that the Browns are going to run the football pretty well. And that involves Chubb uh, getting a good number of rushing yards because that's where Baltimore can be beat. They can be run on. Uh, they give up big home run plays in the passing game, but they're going to mm-hmm. give up uh, some rushing yards too. Uh, Austin Hooper and David Njoku are fun targets for receiving yards. Just because the Browns play so much thirteen personnel, right? They play yeah. triple the amount of average thirteen personnel in the elite in the league. Hooper's over under receiving yards is twenty four and a half, and Joku's sixteen and a half. You would have to think that they would both get in the in the ballpark for that one. And then an interesting one on Baltimore side is a Rashad Bateman touchdown. He, you know, I love Rashad Bateman. Um, yeah. hate that he's in Baltimore, but do love his game. He's an anytime touchdown of plus three ten. So that's a nice little uh. Nice little dartboard throw there. I think Bateman has a chance to find the end zone. Some interesting stuff here. You know, first of all, Jake, you know, I'm obviously I love Sunday night football and I think it's the best uh, platform for a game, uh, obviously. Um, And uh, the Browns, this will be their only trip there this year. Right. So uh, on that on that stage and it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's the best one. So I will enjoy that. Now, Baltimore, I did get rumor of I have done a number of guest appearances on Baltimore shows this week. I'm actually doing another one night, which will be the third one this week, Jake, which is crazy. Right. Um, But uh, it's um, they're planning some kind of special entrance. Uh, with fluorescent wristbands and whatnot, maybe something kind of copying off the brown. You know how the Browns turn Browns turned the lights off. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of did the basketball thing, and that was super cool on Thursday Night Football. But something's going down with the Ravens, where uh, I know all the fans are getting uh, wristbands, fluorescent wristbands, something with the lights. So mm. be something to watch for. Fluorescent wristbands, folks. Yes. So. Uh, the Keep Browns was that thing was that. pretty cool. Were you in attendance for that? That was uh, I was, I was not, but it was awesome. It was really yeah, awesome. really cool. I'd be tough to top. But let's do what we always do. 
Brad, let's get to our three keys for the game. I'll hit lead off. We'll toss a couple back and forth. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I think for this game, it's going to tell me a couple things. A, is Joe Woods willing to bend on his formula of defense? We saw the last time Lamar played, now remember that he was out last week with the illness, was what Miami did to them, and it was totally unconventional. They were taking their A-gap player, dropping him 18 times in coverage. They rushed Javon Holland like 40% of snaps from the safety position, and they played catch man 10 yards off and just – Gave yeah. Baltimore a ton of issues. Their center's not very great at snapping the football, so they couldn't get their eyes up quick enough on some situations. Is Joe Woods willing to bend on his four to seven blitzes a game and the way he traditionally plays and get creative and try to give Baltimore some issues? There Now, also on the Baltimore side, how have they figured out to attack that? Because, you know, when you're when you get beat as embarrassingly as Baltimore did on national television, you go back to the whiteboard and try to figure out how you can overcome a team doing that because the NFL is what do we call it? It's a replication business. Teams were going to just do the same thing to them. So how which team's willing to adapt here pretty much is the thing, Brad. Which which, you know, because if Joe Woods just tries to do what he traditionally does and says this is what we're going to do and this is who we are, then I think the Browns are going to be in trouble because that's the type of defense that Lamar handles really, really well. And same can be said for Baltimore. If Greg Roman's unwilling to adjust what they do, if they get that look again. So that's a really interesting to me. Who's willing to adapt their approach? You know what I mean? Definitely. Uh, I watched uh, a pretty cool video on that game. Uh, 34 times they blitzed uh, cover zero. And as you were saying, they were dropping, you know, whichever side that the offensive line shifted to, they would drop those two defensive linemen into coverage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which worked out well because you were always freeing up the uh, you know the safety coming in off the edge, uh, and you were still getting two guys into coverage, you know, just to at least get hands up and show. And Lamar struggled. I mean, they they, they tried everything. They tried screens first. They tried other stuff. You know, quick screens to the outside first. They tried. You know, slants. It really, eventually, in the end, they finally had some success with uh, hitting some quick slants, and then off of those slants, uh, because of the the man leverage, the way those guys had to play it when they started to complete a couple slants, uh, then off of that, they were able to complete some quick outs, and that was in the fourth quarter when they tried to kind of get back in the game. There, they mm-hmm. did hit one long pass where they were able to, you know, the other thing you can do there as an offense is what is try to just maybe move around enough or, you know, keep an extra guy in and just if you can hold off that zero blitz for an extra second or so, you can, you know, win deep potentially, right? And they finally did that one time down the field, only once during the game. But it wasn't until really late in the game, Jake, that they were able to, counter that cover zero at all you know any success with it and it was really just with quick slants and, and quick outs and, and the one time they hit them deep so they really struggled with that i don't know if joe woods is willing to go to that 
he said that uh, I heard him today actually talking about it, saying that they have some of those same principle stuff with their cover zero. Uh, I don't know if he was hinting that he would use that at all, mm-hmm. but I think he should use it some, sprinkle it in a little bit. You know, I mean, if they have trouble with it, then maybe ride it a little bit more. But I, I would at least like to see, you know, them show something similar uh, and say, see if they can see if they can overcome it. Right? I mean, at least test them on it. I hope, man. If they if they continue to do <laughs> the same things and just get torched because Lamar's comfortable against that, then you're talking about a situation where you could start to really question the 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 validity of a guy keeping a job because for that for that to be put on tape and for you to not even try it i understand if you come out you try it five or six times and they beat it cool i could respect that but yeah. to not even try something that they clearly struggle with would be a massive issue for me so that's a key point for me what do you have next uh, so, you know, I'll stay along kind of along the same lines is, is, is one of my main keys was contain Lamar Jackson, right? You know, we go back to that. If I went back and watched the Monday night game, the shootout, right? Where Lamar left the game and came back and really, you know, the Browns defense got gashed most of that game by Lamar Jackson in just the zone read, right? Like mm-hmm. the zone read killed the Browns in that game. I mean, he was just running all over him with that. Uh, you know, so I bring up JOK, you know, here's a guy that was drafted maybe partially just for this type of a game, right? Um, yeah. You know, I would like to see him out on the field a lot. Uh, you know, you'd think you would probably maybe see three safeties out on the field a lot. That's a really light, but you want speed out there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but either what, what, no matter what it is, you have to be able to stop that at, at its core like him in the zone read you know faking the handoff and keeping it and running for 15 yards cannot happen all game long like it did on that monday night game you have to have an answer for that to start right uh and then yep. from there you can you can branch off of it. but at its core you have to stop their run game have to it's a unique run game man it is it is gap dependent ton of gap runs ton of creativity and they do things with 20 and 21 and even 22 personnel that is so unique and different and if you allow them to get comfortable running and just like you know just like we saw i hate to refer to it again but ohio state michigan game if you let them control the ground game i think this is two teams these are two teams brad who need to run the football to win I don't yes. think it's any way around it. We've all tried to kind of ignore that with Cleveland for a long time and say they could find they can't right now. They can't do that in any other way. And this is the key for me that I'm putting in just a little spin on what you're saying. Whoever runs the football best in this game is likely to win. It is yep. what, what what both teams like to do. Both teams like to play from out in front of you. If they're in comeback mode, it's crisis mode for each of them, partly yep. because of Lamar's history with you know teams being able to kind of bottle him in and their 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 issues at wide receiver and then with you know the browns the same thing baker mayfield does not play well when his back's against the wall in terms of teams pinning their ears and putting pressure on him and him converting third and longs things of that nature so whoever falls behind in this one is destined to have a really rough go of it and um that's that's a huge swinging point to me if you if you can't run it and control the line of scrimmage, and maybe both teams ultimately do, that's fine. But if one team dominates it over the other, I think that tells the story of this game, almost like a college game. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. All right. Hit me with your last one. 
Well, I was going to go a little bit here too. Okay, you know, the on the offensive side of the ball, obviously the Browns have to run the ball, but I think that you know I heard uh, Joe Woods talking about the kind of pressures that uh, it was a, an astonishing statement. I think he said something like this. I think I heard it correctly. Or no, it was Alex Van Pelt. Sorry, mm-hmm. I think I heard this correctly. He said a normal team's pressures. At this point, when you go back in the tape, it's like sixty to eighty different pressures. But Baltimore is so different; they're they're look they had to look over like one hundred and eighty different pressures that they've run this so far this year. That's wild, right? Um, and uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. But teams have been successful in the past game against the secondary. This is a banged up secondary, and and they're susceptible to the big play, right? Um, can the Browns' pass game be effective at? all like at all like can baker find a way to be accurate just to make like if you scheme something open can he just complete that that easy pass like they don't i don't need him to be fantastic or superman or anything Mm -hmm. but i need him to hit the open guys when they scheme something open against this defense that has been susceptible in the past game jay it is. The thing that they have struggled with, Baltimore's blown coverages among among the biggest things in the past game. They will still do. They're still top 10 blitz and man coverage team. Even though they lost one of their corners that they really love in Marcus Peters, they still want to do what their DNA says they are. They want to get after you and walk down in your face and play man and get creative with different mm-hmm. types of pressure. And the question for Cleveland, as you said, can they A, overcome um, staying out of third and long because they're just miserable in third and long this year on yes. both sides of the ball, ironically. But yes. they have to find ways to just be decent as a passing offense and keep themselves out of it too because you can't just run, run. It's not it's not the answer all the time. So, yeah, can they create separation? Can Baker find those, those mistakes in coverage? Is he able to work through or get his eyes right to the place he needs to to, to beat the coverage mistakes that that Baltimore has shown or uh, been susceptible to. So it's tough to say. It's tough to feel positive about that, right? It's tough to feel like you can sit here and guarantee it. So, yeah, that's a formula that you don't like. The formula for this game is Baltimore running it well early and often, Cleveland not playing discipline, run, fit defense because it's a unique offense, and you're not being able to throw the football because you're putting yourself in situations that you're unable to overcome because, because of the, A, the wide receiver depth issue, you're playing a bunch of tight ends. Those guys typically don't separate all too well. You're not using play action because you're in a situation in the game where you can't. And it just gets tough and everything starts to feel condensed. And I think we've all felt that feeling far too often with the Browns this year where what are they going to do to gain yards? <laughs> like It's yeah. just it's an uncomfortable feeling. So for the sake of positivity, we'll hope that the Browns get out in front early. They can create a turnover or two, put themselves in a position that they can use play action to their advantage, keep using it, and hopefully we can see them um, play from out in front. Any other closing statements on this game, Brad, as we head into Sunday and Sunday night? No, just uh, just to kind of you mentioned it there real quickly, but third downs are just absolutely huge. Both sides of the ball, you got it. They've got to get off the field on third down, and they've got to be able to convert third downs, and, and that's just been their Achilles heel all season. It has. It's a story of the season. When we all write about what happened this year, it's the leading issue. I mean, among along. Side Baker's injuries and all that has come with his failures this year. I think that that the third down stuff is the storytelling statistic, in my opinion. And hopefully we can see them sort of rectify that because if they do, they're going to put themselves in a really good position to win. Um, So hopefully they end up doing that. Brad, I appreciate your time as as usual, my friend, and we will 
probably check in again on Sunday. I'm sure you have your pod after. Thanks, man. Yep, absolutely. Guys, join us for the Twitch show. Starts an hour before uh, the OBR Twitch. We'll have it at 7 o'clock for the 820 kickoff. Join us for that, and then we'll be on for just a little while after the game because it'll be late. It'll be like, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Join us for that afterwards, and then like Brad has his post-game pod, I'll have my own post-game pod too, so check that out. We appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully you had a good Saturday. If you're listening to this Saturday night or Sunday morning, have a great Sunday, and we'll catch you guys after the Sunday night football game. And as usual, go Browns.